Hey, hey, my friend, and welcome to the Yours Truly podcast. Welcome back. If you're choosing to join me again, welcome for the first time. If this is your first episode joining us for the show, but this is episode 136 here on the podcast. My name is Claire Tuning. I am a non-diet registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, professional food pun maker, and I am so grateful that you have chosen to click on today's show. You are in for a session with just me today. I've been on a, a little bit of a roll with releasing some really awesome guest episodes, but we are taking a break from that. We're getting back to our roots. It is just going to be you and I here for the next couple of minutes. This is going to be a little bit more of a brief and a condensed episode because I really just have one thought or one teaching point that I would love to share with all of you here today. But before I get to that, we got to back up a couple of steps and kick off this episode how we start every episode here on the podcast, which is featuring a Yours Truly Goal Slayer featured post of the week. This is a time in the podcast where I read a post that has been shared in our free private Facebook community. And if this is unfamiliar to you, if you're like, Claire, what the heck are you talking about? What is this free community? Stay tuned and I will give you more information on how to come hang out with us here in a couple of moments. But today's post, let me get to my right screen, comes from a member of our community talking about peanut butter. And if you know anything about me, you know that anything talking about peanut butter is something that I am immediately drawn to. But this post might surprise you in the, the takeaway that I'd love to share. So the post reads, so peanut butter has been a fear food of mine for a while. I have been putting it in protein shakes because I like the taste with the chocolate protein. But someone commented on a post I made about how delicious it is saying dot 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 and I'm not going to read this because we do not stand for peanut butter slander here on this podcast. But moral of the story, someone made a comment on her post and I guess I should clarify this did not happen in our community. Again, we do not stand for peanut butter slander or <laughs> any other negative comments about any food, but I'm assuming this happened in another Facebook community she is a part of where she made this post and she was really just hyping up this peanut butter protein shake and someone came in dropping a slew of negative comments about the peanut butter and how it's quote unquote bad and all of these things. And this poster finishes the post here in our community with saying that she now feels bad for eating peanut butter again, which is so awful on so many fronts. And I'm not only saying this because I love peanut butter, but also how terrible it is to have something that you are so excited about that you're looking to share and hype yourself up for this thing that you made that you find a lot of satisfaction from, and then to have someone yuck your yum in a way that makes you fear the food again and makes you feel guilty for even incorporating that. So I'm sharing this post for a couple of reasons. The first is to provide a reminder. And this is something that I share with all of my clients. So if any of my current or my past clients are listening, I know this reminder is going to sound familiar. But first and foremost, we have to remember that the comments that anyone makes about your food choices or someone else's food choices other than their own, 
That comment says way more about that person's relationship with food than it does about you and your choice to enjoy that food. Because quite frankly, your food choices are none of that person's business. They will never know your body or preferences better than you do. And the fact that they felt compelled to go out of their way to make a negative comment about something that does not concern them, again, says much more about them and who they are as a person and likely the the challenges that they have in their own relationship with food than it does about your choice and how you are choosing to fuel your body. So that is the first reminder. The second reminder is that, I guess I kind of gave this one away a moment ago. I got too excited, but the second reminder, to reiterate something that I said before, no one is ever gonna know your body, your preferences, your hunger cues, or anything related to that better than you will. So if you are choosing to include any food, peanut butter in this case, if you are choosing to include this because you like it or because it makes you feel pleasant or it makes you feel satisfied, that is a valid enough reason. And just because someone else doesn't prefer that food or chooses to avoid it for whatever reason does not make your choice bad, does not make it wrong. It just makes you two different people and different human beings who have different preferences. And that's okay because you are not the same person as that person and you have different preferences and different needs and all of the things. So I really want to validate, you know, what this person has gone through in saying that it is so tough and so challenging to receive these negative comments about your food choices and they can really lead you to start second guessing how you're fueling your body and the food that you're offering yourself but you know your body better than anyone else ever will and if you're choosing to include any food for whatever reason that is allowed not that you need my permission because you don't but that is allowed and don't don't en- let anyone yuck your yum, as we like to say here. <laughs> but uh, a really big thank you to this individual who shared this experience in our community. And I am so glad that this negative comment about peanut butter was not made in our Facebook community. We would have a problem if that was the case. But if you are wanting to come and join our online community where we are food positive, we are talking about intuitive eating, we are learning from each other and gathering support from other people who are also working to improve their relationship with food, then I would love to invite you to come hang out with us in this virtual setting. The best way that you can do that is by visiting my website, so that is clairetuning.com slash community. Again, clairetuning.com slash community. You will find an application on that page. All you need to do is fill out the brief application, hit submit, request to join the community, and then my team and I will read things over and we will get back to you and invite you into our group as soon as we can. But. Without further ado, let's uh, change gears here for a moment. So I said at the top of this episode that this was a conversation between you and I, so I'm glad you're here. And this is also a conversation that I've had 
with many, if not all, of my clients over the years. And this is something that I call the pendulum analogy. This, I want to be clear, is not an analogy. It is not an idea that is unique to me. I did not come up with this. I believe the first time I, I read about this or I learned about this was actually in the intuitive eating book, which if you're not familiar, if you're new to the show, this is the number one book that I recommend everyone read if you're interested in learning more about intuitive eating and setting up a firm foundation. But the book is Intuitive Eating, <laughs> What Gave It Away by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Fresh. The most recent edition that is out is the fourth edition. So if you can grab that one, I recommend that most updated version. But I believe the first experience I had with this analogy came from actually the very first edition of the Intuitive Eating book. I tell this story whenever I'm on other people's podcasts about how I discovered intuitive eating, but as a brief side note here, I was actually in the library when I was in college. I was about to ask if anyone goes to libraries anymore, but then I looked over here at my desk and I realized I have a library card. So yes, I still <laughs> go to the library. But I was in the library in uh, the, the food and nutrition section, naturally, and I pulled down the book Intuitive Eating from the shelf because it was sticking out a little bit farther than all of the other books. And I looked at the cover, it was the very first edition of this book that came out in 1995. What is that? 26, 27 years ago, and I thought to myself, well, this looks interesting. You know, maybe this would be a, a worthwhile read. You know, flash forward years later, here we are doing all the things intuitive eating. So I am so grateful that I found this book, but I digress because in this book, at least I think it was here, I read about this pendulum analogy and immediately in my mind, this is one of the things that made complete sense to me about intuitive eating and it clicked with me in the moment that you know maybe there there's something to this and maybe all of this diety stuff that i'm learning in school to become a dietitian maybe that's not the only way to approach nutrition with individuals who i'm going to be working with in the future so this pendulum analogy holds a really special place in my life not only because it's something that i share with everyone who i have the pleasure of working with but also because it's one of the first things that really clicked in my mind when it comes to intuitive eating so if you're not familiar with this this is the episode for you if you are already familiar with this pendulum analogy i'm hopeful that you'll stick around because maybe I will say something in describing this, maybe I'll provide a different perspective that you never heard before and uh, we'll get right into it. So this would be a lot easier if you could see what I am doing, but the nature of podcasting is that this is a auditory platform, not a visual one. So I will say if you're looking for a visual on what I'm talking about, I actually released a TikTok episode by the time this podcast episode releases, the TikTok will have been about two weeks ago. But I released this on TikTok, and this is part of the reason why I wanted to share this here in podcast form and go a little bit more in depth with my explanation is because that video was so well received and I got a lot of positive comments with people saying kind of how I felt when I first discovered this, that it just made a lot of sense. And it's a really nice and a succinct way to visualize what happens 
in our bodies when we don't eat enough and why not eating enough is oftentimes one of the first dominoes in like this domino spiral of binging and restricting and feeling guilty and then feeling unpleasant in our bodies because of what because of what we've eaten so let's start here by visualizing so i'm going to ask you to try to picture something in your mind and maybe it would be helpful if you closed your eyes if you're driving please do not do that (laughs) if you're walking or doing anything that requires you to be aware of your surroundings you know I, i trust you to to visualize in the way that's most appropriate for your setting but let's envision that I'm holding a pendulum. So in this TikTok video that I made, I actually used one of my necklaces. It was a necklace with this big stone at the bottom. So pretend like I'm holding a necklace and I'm dangling it in front of your face. And I take the stone that's at the bottom of the necklace and I start pulling it all the way to one side. I pull it to the left and I keep pulling it and I pull it so far that my hands are like at a equal level to one another. I don't know if I'm explaining this in a right way, but I have pulled the little stone as far as I can to one side so that the necklace, the chain is completely level. That's a good way to describe it, completely level. So what might happen now if I let go of the stone, if I release it? Well, you might be like, Claire, based off of my my basic physics knowledge, And what I know to be true about how the world works, well, if you let that go, the little stone at the end of that necklace is going to swing all the way to the other side, right? And it's going to go pretty fast and it's going to keep swinging in a manner that is pretty extreme. It's pretty intense. It's going pretty fast and it's going to keep doing that, right? And how this relates to food or how this relates to eating because you might be like Claire why the heck are you talking about a necklace (laughs) swinging back and forth but here's the parallel and here's how it relates to eating if we are going for long periods of time in between our eating experiences and it doesn't really matter if we are doing this on purpose or if it is just a function of how our day is structured right but if we are grabbing that little pendulum, which stands for us in this analogy, and we are saying, I'm hungry, but I'm gonna ignore it. Or I'm hungry, but it's not time to eat yet. I couldn't possibly need food. I'm just gonna wait a little bit longer. Or again, on the side of this being unintentional, maybe we're just like so wrapped up in the responsibilities of our daily life that we don't even pay attention to our cues. We're not even feeling that we're hungry, right? But for whatever reason, we have gone without eating and then we have waited and then we've gone longer and we are pulling this little pendulum all the way to the extreme, the extreme level of hunger in this case, right? When I'm talking to my clients in session, we call this feeling really unpleasantly hungry. Some people will call this hanger, but we're now unpleasantly hungry. We're at this extreme feeling of hunger. And if you have ever been there before, you know that this doesn't feel great, right? Our energy level starts to drop. We might feel like we have a little bit of a short fuse or that we get irritated easily. You may even find that 
you lose focus and you feel really distracted. Maybe you're just daydreaming about what your next meal is going to be. Maybe you have a headache, brain fog. I could insert descriptors here all day long, but what I'm trying to say is you just don't feel great. You don't feel well. So we're all the way at this extreme. And what we know to be true about being humans is that eventually we have to eat. This is something that I tell my clients again all the time is that there are a lot of unknowns in life, but one thing we know for a fact is that we are going to have to eat multiple times daily for the rest of our life. This is one of the things that just is what it is. So we might as well learn how to make peace with that. So when we get to this point of extreme hunger and then eventually we are put into an environment where we have access to food. Say for example, this is actually the question or the the statement that someone made on a previous TikTok of mine that I responded to with this video about the pendulum analogy, but she said, you know, I don't eat all day. And then I get home from work and I walk into my pantry and I feel so frenzied. I feel so out of control. I feel like I'm losing it in that moment, right? So we go from this extreme unpleasant level of hunger to being surrounded by food and the pendulum swings all the way in the opposite direction. And this is going to feel really intense, most likely, and it's going to feel out of control and we're going to feel like, oh my gosh, what is happening? I can't stop or I'm not being mindful or I'm not even paying attention to my fullness cues. I'm just blowing past all of them. And I want to be clear that this is not happening because you have a lack of willpower. And it's also not happening because something is wrong with you. And this is the narrative that we're often taught to tell ourselves in this moment, right? Like immediately when we feel out of control around food, the thought process that diet culture has ingrained in all of us is, I'm doing a bad job. Oh, I'm failing. I have no willpower. I knew I couldn't be trusted around this food, right? It's all of these things that have been ingrained in us for so long, but None of those things are the case at all because what is happening in this moment when the pendulum is swinging all the way to the other side, this is your body fighting for your survival. This is your body being on your team because what's happening on a physiological level is your body has been in an environment for quite a while now, for hours on end where it has not gotten the fuel and the energy that it needs to survive and to thrive. So now when we're surrounded by food and we have access to it, the body's like, thank God I haven't had this in hours. And since my eating has been inconsistent, I don't know when I'm going to get it again. So I'm going to buckle down and eat all the things to ensure that I have enough energy and fuel to make it to go a long period of time again, right? So we see how this very quickly can become the binge restrict cycle because when we're in we're in the pantry right when we're when we're feeling out of control around food we oftentimes will end that experience on the opposite end of the hunger scale spectrum right we end the experience feeling unpleasantly full 
And the narrative that we are taught to go along with that feeling is, I've done a bad thing. As Taylor Swift would say, I did something bad. (laughs) Side note, I've really been into like her Reputation album recently. I know it's been out for years. This is not a hot take, but I've been listening to it every day and have a newfound love for it. Who? That went places, got distracted. But, you know, the narrative that we are taught is I did something bad. So now I got to restrict again and I can't eat for a long period of time. And then the pendulum swings back in the direction of unpleasant hunger. And then the cycle repeats itself. We go for a long period of time without eating. We're surrounded by food eventually again. And we end up feeling unpleasantly full. So when the pendulum is pulled to the extreme, a response that is equally as extreme and equally as uncomfortable is likely to result. But what if we took this from a different angle? What if for a moment we ditched this idea of swinging between the extremes? And instead, I asked you to visualize me holding the necklace, right? I don't know why I'm motioning as I'm doing this like you all can see me. You cannot, but hopefully you're visualizing because I'm holding the necklace in front of you. I grab the stone at the bottom. And this time, instead of pulling it all the way to one side as far as it can go, I pull it like halfway. So I've still pulled it to one side, meaning we're still experiencing a level of hunger but it's pleasant hunger, like we call it. It's not extreme, it's not hangriness, it's not that like awful feeling of I have no energy, I wanna eat all the things. It's just like, I could eat, food sounds good. So we're pleasantly hungry. We've pulled the pendulum moderately to one side. What happens now if I let the little stone go? Well, it's still gonna swing to the other side, but it's not gonna swing as far. It's not gonna go as fast. The the vacillating back and forth is not gonna be as out of control looking. It's just gonna swing to one side, swing to the other side in a manner that feels a lot more controlled. And I use that word control very lightly. (laughs) Um, Just gonna put that that way. I'm using that very lightly because we're not looking to control our decisions and control our eating but simply when i describe the manner of this thing swinging back and forth it's happening in a calmer more controlled sense maybe maybe calm is a better way to describe that so this is what happens when we try our best knowing that this is a learning process and this takes time and this won't always be the case but this is what is happening when we are trying to look out for those pleasant hunger signals. When we first start to think about food, when we notice maybe a little bit of movement in our stomach, when we start daydreaming about what's for lunch, right? We're just beginning to notice, hmm, I could eat and I probably need to do so sooner rather than later. So when we can work to honor that, to the best of our abilities, again, knowing that there are going to be times where it's not always practical to honor this and it might not always be real life. As a side note, if you want more on this topic of needing to eat outside of hunger, go back and listen to, I don't know the episode number off the top of my head, but it's been semi-recently. It was an episode 
about functional eating or eating outside of those hunger cues. I think it was maybe, I don't know, five episodes ago at this point, so check in with that if you're curious. But when we can work to honor pleasant hunger to the best of our abilities instead of delaying it or avoiding eating or putting this off, we automatically set ourselves up for an eating experience that is going to end likely feeling more pleasant than it would have if we entered into this meal or snack feeling ravenous or feeling unpleasantly hungry. So I hope you all have found this description to be helpful. I think I'm going to end this here because I have been going on and on about the pendulum analogy for 24 minutes now. I really thought this was going to be about 15 minutes long, but I had a lot to say as I kept talking. (laughs) So I hope you found this helpful. If you liked this episode or if you enjoy anything else that I share here on the show, it would mean the world to me if you could tap five stars and leave a rating and review if you feel so inclined. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, that is really easy to do. If you are listening elsewhere, somewhere like Spotify or SoundCloud, I know we can't really review as much there, but if you could make sure that you are subscribed, if you could even take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this episode and share it on your social media channel of choice, be sure to give me a tag at Claire Tuning. That means more than you know, and you not only listening to the show, but sharing it as well helps us grow more than you know. I'm a poet and I didn't even know it. I'm listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. Can you tell? I mentioned her earlier, but that is all I have for you today. I hope this pendulum analogy helps you in your journey to making peace with food and not delaying those cues that your body is sending you. Because if your body is communicating to you saying, I'm hungry, I need fuel, it is not doing so without reason. Your body is on your team. It's always trying to help you to survive. So my question for you today as we end today's episode is can you try to help your body out? I hope the answer is yes, whatever that might look like for you. I hope you'll tune in with me again for next week's episode. We are bringing back another guest. I'm gonna keep who under wraps for now, but I will be speaking with you very soon. And until then, I hope you have a wonderful week ahead.